space anime. We were doing uh, episode 38 to... 42. 42. Okay, yeah. Pretty good. There's a pretty good amount of things that happened during this, I would say. It's been, of course, more political stuff, but uh, it's ramping up for more war action, so... I guess if uh, we want to go right on in, so episode 38 starts out with um, the narrator explaining to us that ever since the two empires have been around, there's been a lot of political refugees from the Emperor to the Free Planet Alliance, but not really so much the other way around. Yeah, people escape to the Free Planet Alliance. They don't escape from the Free Planet Alliance. Like, that's just not how that works. Yeah, it doesn't really make much sense to go the other way. But um, people have made a living being neutral couriers between the two, smuggling people across nobles, really, that don't want to be part of the Galactic Empire and stuff anymore. And this is where we meet uh, the Kaiser Brat, along with those two uh, Lipschat Alliance people. Um, Mm -hmm. The Kaiser is not... The dude who kidnapped him. Yeah, Yeah. yeah, the guys who kidnapped him. And the Kaiser is being a child shit baby (laughs) the entire time. Yeah. (laughs) They are on their way to Vazant currently, um, and then from there, I'm guessing they're going to go to the Free Planet Alliance part. We have a scene of Rupert and Rubinsky uh, talking about how, you know, the plan is coming along, and they think that Ryan is cool with going along with the plan. Like, I guess they talked to their ambassador guy, and he was like, it was a Baltic or whatever, thought he did a decent enough job, you know, convincing them. As they leave, as Rupert leaves uh, Rubinsky talking, he meets up with uh, his girlfriend fling i don't really know what to call her at this point yet yeah they i don't think they've said it directly it's just they they interact with each other and it seems to be in a romantic ish fashion sometimes yeah but it seems that they're both screwing the same woman uh her name yeah. by the way i should say is, dominique uh, something or other I yeah dominique saint pierre yeah a, that's what i meant it's just their interactions with her yeah like yeah. she it's kind of unclear but yeah um, they have like a scene over a glass of wine or something and they're talking about how Rupert wants to, you know, take over Rubinsky's job, which we already knew, but he also is trying to figure out the archbishop and all like the church stuff because like, I guess they're still pulling the strings behind the scene. He wants to stop that. Yeah. He wants it to be them in control. He thinks them had like the church of earth. He kind of thinks the cult of earth is like a bunch of idiots, which it seems like Rubinsky shares that yeah. kind of notion, right? Like. He's kind of like, yeah, sure, whatever, we're doing it for that. Man, fuck these guys. we got to get these idiots out of here. Like, <laughs> God, I don't want to deal with these morons. I just want to run a business. Like, these guys just want to do a business. That's it. They just want to run a business. It's corrupt. It's evil. It's a yeah, nightmare it business. sweet money. So They just want to run a business, though. Yeah, they actually have no interest in this church whatsoever. I have a note here. Popolon Shenkop doing sweet. Oh, that's... Okay, yeah, so Popolon and Shankop doing Swinger stuff. I guess uh, there was a scene back on Islehorn Fortress where one of them was talking to the other, or I think it was someone was talking, uh, maybe it was Dusty talking to Julian about how they were seen coming out of like different rooms from women they've been seeing, and like the next day they came out of the opposite rooms of these women. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. It was silly. And Shenkop is like trying to, like, Shenkop's talking shit. He's like, well, I always get the better-looking ones first, and Poplin's like, "Eh, fuck off, Shankar." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just a character piece of those two being silly. Um, so everyone at Islehorn, and I guess everybody in the Free Planet Alliance, is waiting for some government announcement to come on. And eventually, Trinit comes on TV and says that the Kaiser is now a political refugee. He's given a spiel to the entire Free Planet Alliance at this point, saying that uh, Reinhardt is an evil dictator trying to purge children. Uh, I guess the Kaiser and his handlers have set up a government in exile. Yeah, they're trying to create, like, a true empire is what they're, yeah, going yeah. with. 
Um, one of the guys we saw back in episode 29, uh, Remshield, which is one of the old Lipstag nobles, he's the head of it. Um, and they surprisingly announced that Murkatz is in command of the military. And he is on Islehorn listening to this and was shocked by yeah, this because no one told him. They did not tell him at any point. Yeah, so he tries to convince the, everybody on Islehorn of his, ignor- of his innocence. And Yang says, you know, it's fine. You had no idea why the hell this happened. Popolon is there and he's talking about uh, how even though the kid, this Kaiser is a kid, he still says the Golden Fam. Golden Bomb family doesn't deserve any of the uh, humanitarian efforts I guess they're getting for the yeah, French Lionel Alliance. Yeah, he's he's like, it's a family of monsters, why would why would he give any shits? And I think Yang comes back and he's just like, uh, we don't prosecute kids for their father's crimes. Like, that's not how this works. He was just upset by the whole deal because he sees this as, you know, he saw the Kaiser as a figurehead of everything that was wrong and now the government that he is, you know, serving for has brought this kid onto themselves and is being... Mm-hmm. So uh, Yang has a meeting with everyone at Islehorn about this announcement. He's concerned about what Reinhardt's next move will be. He thinks there's got to be war, obviously, to get the kid back. Reinhardt thought about how the uh, Free Planet Alliance was helping him during the Lipshat War, but uh, it caused a coup to attempt to avoid that. Yang was considering, like, during the whole Lipshat uprising where they were, where Reinhardt was facing off against, uh, what was the guy's name? The guy who looked like Sam Adams. Sam Adams. <laughs> yeah, Sam Adams, yeah. <laughs> Look at the rest of here trying to find this doofus. He was saying that during that, he was wondering if Ryan would come to the Free Planet Alliance for help to overthrow this and try to legitimize his government. But because Reinhardt wanted to have full control of everything at the end, he uh, did not ask that and caused the coup attempt to avoid everything. Yang thinks that this is all part of Reinhardt's plan to let the Kaiser be kidnapped to have a reason to invade the Free Planet Alliance. Yeah, they wanted something they could rally everyone behind because after the you know the recent overturning, there was a lot of division and there was a lot of separation between people. Having this and being able to claim it is an you know outward act of you know political violence and it's something they can unify behind and get everyone back in because it seems like everyone's pretty split up. I mean, for God's sakes, you had some random you know ding dongs kidnapping the king and trying to start their own government. Like, yeah. <laughs> Yang suspects at this point that the Fazan government and the Galactic Empire have joined forces seeing how, I mean, he doesn't know at the time, but he's thinking that they, Fazan knows since they've been calling him in to do this stupid inquiry and then they're talking about all the outstanding, you know, uh, debts and all that. They think that the Fazan has reason to be in cahoots with the Galactic Empire for this. Yang also knows that the Galactic Empire civilians will not like the Free Planet Alliance for taking their Kaiser, even though the Kaiser is just a figurehead at this point. So they mm. will be looking up to reinhardt to get the kaiser back and this is going to galvanize the support for anything that reinhardt does and meerkat has like infinite old school honor and he's still like so he's still up on that shit so when because they remember they did just like spring it on they're just like yeah and our commander of military of our new nation meerkats to which meerkats goes i'm sorry he, he kind of reflects on it and he's like well i've served you know what is it, like 40 something years you know to protect the kaiser not gonna stop now <laughs> yeah so yeah Burkatz has a talk with his aide guy and he was saying that he would never expected any of this stuff to be happening like a year ago and he feels that like even though he is commander of all the forces in exile it's a stupid title because there's no soldiers and there's nothing to command while they're talking about this uh reinhardt comes on to give the uh rebuttal from the galactic empire side he's doing a broadcast to all of space so both of the empire and the free planet alliance he says the former nobles have kidnapped the kaiser and gone to the free planet alliance to establish the government he said he'll punish all those responsible they everybody at islehorn is like oh yeah this is going to mean war yeah 
And that was the end of that episode. We open up with the next one uh, with Churn It. They open it after the declaration of war. And it seems like a pretty strong understanding for most people that the Galactic Empire is considerably stronger on a military front than the FPA. Yeah. Uh, we, of course, see Trunit saying, oh, we're fine. We have Izzelhorn, the unbreakable fortress, and Yang, boy genius. Why, why would we be worried? Don't worry about it, everybody. And, you know, of course, Yang like, oh, God damn it. Yeah, immediately you <laughs> saw like that. My best He's boy. He's my friend. We know each other. We are cool. We had a handshake once. He kissed once. me on the mouth once. It was a little <laughs> weird, but I was okay with it because I like him so darn much. <laughs> He initiated it. The guy loves me. Vote for me. So um, there's a picture, or there's a scene of Leblo and Juan Luis, uh, two guys on the high council. Um, they're, I think they're having dinner or something. And they're talking about how Leblo still has the idea in his head that Yang will go dictator because yeah. of the, he hates Trunit, he hates the government he's working for, and he feels that it's corrupt and doesn't get anything done. Um, they want. They obviously know they need Yang to lead up the defense of any Galactic Empire invasion, but they don't want to provoke him into becoming a dictator. Like they don't just don't want to make him mad, really, in any way. And so they want to try to mm. streamline any of the stuff they can to avoid this. They're also talking about how they're incoming. So the defense secretary dude, he got he was the guy in charge of the inquiry, and he got sacked. Oh yeah, he got sacked for that. Yeah. So there's a new person, and it's just a true installation. Yeah, it's a lackey who knows nothing and is bad at the job. Yeah. Um, they're. Also saying how they're lucky that they still have Bucock around for doing the actual admiral stuff because he's the only one who seems to know what he's doing in terms of the military side of the Free Planet Alliance. Mm-hmm. We have a scene at Izzelhorn of Julian coming into Yang's room shocked that he has new orders now to go to Fazant. And he says that he's, uh, he's unhappy with these orders because obviously he wants to stick around and help protect Yang or whatever. But he knows mm-hmm. he's now a soldier because he enlisted and he has to do, you know, obey whatever's given to him. Yang talks to him about this. He tells him he was, I don't know if Yang was particularly in charge of these orders, but he said he knew of them because he wants a reliable person to go to Fazan. At the very least, Yang didn't seem to be willing to like go contest them or do something. Cause Yang, Yang doesn't just never take action. Like he would probably take action if he felt it was the right thing to do here. But yeah, he's like, I want someone reliable on Fazan. There's going to be, you know, I think Galactic Empire is going to come through here. We really have to make sure, you know, everything is fine there. And then and they talk about the whole Fazan corridor thing a little bit of just how, yeah. like... That he says that, like, the Galactic Empire can either come through with the cooperation of Fazan so peacefully, or they can just plow through because they have a greater military if they felt like it. But either way, the, he needed someone there with eyes on the ground, so... Yeah, he kind of knows, like... You do realize, like, with Izzelhorn down, with Ryan, an actual competent leader, like, Fazan is probably going to roll over for him. Like, it's very likely. Yeah, they talk about how Fazan is, you know, in cahoots with the Galactic Empire at this point. And he says that the government of the Galactic Empire has already changed pretty greatly with Reinhardt taking over and abolishing all the old ways. And he thinks the Free Planet Alliance will, will probably have a change of government soon. Whether or not that's good is up to anyone's knowledge, but... He thinks that Fazan is also in the midst of change, seeing how they're seemingly about to lose their independence, but... They have a plan. They have something. Like, they're not just... Yeah, they're not just letting it happen. And then they're going through reasons and, like, okay, well, what do they want? Could it be financial? Could it be this? Could it be that? And they're, like, reasoning everything out. And then Julian just goes, like, 
I mean, it could be religion. And if, in a moment of kind of like, okay, we get it, anime. Yang is smart. <laughs> Yang's just kind of like, oh, obviously it's religion. Julian, why didn't I was testing you? Everyone knows religion. Yes, like he just immediately just like sticks <laughs> yeah, the landing. Kind of is just Mary like Sue moment yeah, there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they get into uh, Yang asks Julian if uh, he thinks that Reinhardt is particularly evil or not, and neither of them could really come up to a consensus of whether or not that's true. It seems that you know. Reinhardt has done several good things for the government, you know, kicking out the nobles, making all these reforms that he has, but at the same time, he is, at the end of the day, a dictator with all the whims of a dictator. Yang also says that if Ryan writes things enough, the Free Planet Alliance really doesn't need to be around anymore. They were talking about how people in the Galactic Empire at this point have better living conditions and not necessarily better rights in the philosophical democratic sense, but... In, in like, the legal sense, in the long term, yeah. down the line, like... I think what he talks about, too, I don't know if this was now or later or just earlier, but he mentions, like, the whole idea of a dictatorship can, like, really pull things together really quickly, but it also can fall apart really, really quickly, yeah. like, easily, especially when it's being passed along, like, a hereditary line. Uh, and then, on the other hand, you have, you know, this democracy that's very corrupt, but it, it it's falling apart, but it's going to take a lot longer to fall apart than, like, a dictator where the dictator just goes mad. Yeah. So later on, uh, they're talking about all the new plans that are coming up. Uh, Mashenko is going to be going with Julian to Fazant. Um, Burkatz is going to be heading back to Heinesen to be his government-in-exile general guy with the Kaiser. Um, they plan on throwing a going-away party for them. Uh, the rest of this episode is a lot of Julian going around to people on Izzelhorn and you know checking out and saying goodbye. Um, I like how when he goes into the Rosen Ritters thing, they're playing darts on the actual door where people come in. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's like oh, nice reflex. You dodged that one. They he goes around and says goodbye to like Popolo and uh, Shankop and the Rosenredders and uh, Dusty and everybody, and that's pretty much the end of that episode. I mean, yeah, it's not they, too much. The other thing I think is they give him an actual Rosenridder arm patch, so he's essentially a member at this point. I thought they gave him the. Didn't Shankop give him a knife? He gave him a knife, yeah. It's just when he went yeah. to the room with all the other guys who were playing darts, they gave him an arm patch. Yeah, yeah. and when he talks to Shenkop and gets the knife, too, Shenkop's like, he's like, oh, are you giving me this? It's a really good knife. He's like, oh, I'm letting him borrow it. You'll bring it back later, okay? And he's like, yeah. all right, so all right. It's yeah. basically <laughs> one of Shenkop's knives, very obviously, because he's kind of like, no, you're just borrowing it. It's like one of these, it. <laughs> it's like it a ridiculous Rambo knife. It's like yeah. serrated and huge. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we also may have skipped over one of the most important lines in the whole show of them going back and forth about alcohol of Julian being <laughs> mad that uh, Yang is spending more on alcohol than usual apparently and like going through too much oh, of it. Yeah, I forgot about that. He had like a spreadsheet up of his alcohol intake or something. Yeah, like you're like, spe- you like, spending <laughs> way too much on alcohol. No, I'm not. Look at this Excel spreadsheet I made. Oh damn, you're right. <laughs> and then Yang was like, huh, yeah, no, that is more than I probably should be spending on it. That's fucked up, Julian. So could you like pour me a brandy or... <laughs> Yeah, it has the uh, how can I abandon a friend line, uh, which is infamous yeah. in the series. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, he's talking just about, like, I don't know, do we have it pulled up? Do I have it somewhere? I need to, mm, How can I abandon a friend? Thing. Yeah, because it's something along the lines of just like, you know, like alcohol has been, you know, we've been, humanity has been drinking alcohol for ages. You know, alcohol has been helping us get through hard times and possibly it's our most continuous friend. Could I abandon a friend, Julian? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so 
the uh, next episode, which is episode 40, is pretty much an entire history flashback. Um, yeah, there's a, there's a history channel marathon that Julian sits down for. Yeah, it starts out with Julian on the way back. To, I guess he's flying back to Heineson to get the Fazant. I don't know how the layover on that is, but he is in his spare time booting up this funny-looking old PC that has, like, MS-DOS on it and watching an Encarta relay of, the, you know, the 20th first century history. Um, I guess we just might as well go through all of it real quick. Um, so the United Stars government started interstellar exploration in space year one. Um, it was the golden age of humanity. There was a lot of exploration, a lot of technological advancement and all that. Um, and followed- there was too much land, and so people fought over the land, and so war happened, and then space pirates, because there was war, and people were spread out on weird boats, and it was easy to pick them off. Yeah, frontier people had problems with pirates because there was no real way to deal with them, so the government made a space army to combat it. It didn't really work all that well, but the creation of the large army caused distrust of the people. Um, society grew stagnant, and there was no real R&D, because I guess... No one really did anything. They don't really explain really too much what happened there. There was this, it was like this weird thing of there was peace, but also there was uncertainty because like people were just building up militaries and there was kind of this whole thing of like, well, why we're at peace? Why, why? And then, uh, yeah, people just kind of fell into despair and started falling into like debauchery and like, yeah, it's like it, it was a whole thing of like everyone abandoned their morals, and I like was kind of looking at it and I'm being like, eh, aside from the violence and like the really bad crime, that looks like a pretty good time actually. Like I'm in. <laughs> like, they're like religion didn't influence people anymore, so they started being terrible and no divine. And then strip bars like, opened, and yeah. I was like, yeah, no, like cool. They're like, like yeah, and then there was another Hooters. Like, all right, like, <laughs> they, sure, made, yeah. uh, they made a lot. The wings are all right. Narrator said something about <laughs> the influence of religion falling when nobody. Like when the vine beans would not come and save anyone, which is kind of funny. Well, if the space yeah, will like, abandon me, I'll turn to drugs. Yeah, when, when some dipshit presses a button and a laser fires across the sky and kills a million people a galaxy away, it it's pretty easy to not believe in God. <laughs> it turns out <laughs> it's pretty easy to just be like, was that well, God? Nope, that was the president. Fuck you, Jim. If there is a god, he is the literal worst guy. So I don't fucking care. Let's all go get high. Like that's what that's what happened much, yeah. in this episode. I gotta yeah. say the artwork they use on these stills and st- on these History Channel style stills are interesting. Like a lot of the designs are really different. Like they, when it showed the space like pirates, footage and stuff, their yeah. gear and stuff look like something out of a different anime. It was interesting. Yeah, they do change mm-hmm. the design up and make it feel like it's a different time period. And also, like a lot of the footage is supposed to be documentary footage, so it looks like it's from broadcast television and stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's there's a man sitting in front of a man in a ma- in front of a mantle in like a very large comfy chair. There's a fireplace crackling behind him as he explains history. It's a history. It's channel a very special. history like, channel thing. Yeah, yeah, they they're very much going for that kind it's of. It's one of those old shows. It's still in a four three aspect ratio. I mean, it's just. Uh. <laughs> So uh, people were upset and worried about the future with all the stagnation and stuff like that. So they decided to kind of just turn to dictatorship. Um, this is where Golden Bob enters the scene. He used to be a military guy for the space fleet. Um, mm-hmm. He was good at killing pirates and was criticized for his ruthlessness, but he got results, so people loved him. Uh, he retired and went into po- politics and leaded some National Reform Party. Uh, the party had ex- started expanding its influence over time, and he became the prime minister and then later the president. Uh, it was and a, un- to, to be clear, he became prime minister and president 
at the same time, yeah. which is a big deal. Yeah. That is actually like a problem. So apparently it was just there was never actually a solid law written anywhere <laughs> that said the same person couldn't be a prime minister and also president. Ain't no rules say a dog can't play basketball. So it's like they this sp- motherfucker just brought Airbud into the Oval Office and said, "I'm dictator now." Is what just happened? They said it was a <laughs> spoken no law, so it's like people were probably like, "Hey, you shouldn't do that." Oh, is it a law? Point me to the law. Well, no, not oh, really. You're right. oh, it too would. bad. Oh, you're right. To to your feeble brain, it might seem <laughs> ridiculous to expect a dog to play basketball. But I've seen him go. I know. I've seen beyond the veil. That dog can dunk. He's got I've, a seen, the, I've seen the boy. Games. He's an incredibly good boy. <laughs> <laughs> Well, the, the so, other thing is how, how or the, the thing I was pe- trying to cre- keep track of or, is how old he was when all these things happened because he did a shitload of stuff that really changed society. Because, like they said, when he retired from the military, he was twenty eight, and by the time yeah. he founded the Galactic Empire, I think he was forty. Yeah, so like you said, he was in late twenties when he got out of military, and like all this uh, political stuff, it took him several years. But he looked like he was like early forties by the time he was president slash prime minister. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that's the other thing is when he also became a dictator. You have it here in your notes. He named himself president for life because it's like, yeah. well, I have unfair amounts of power. Constitution? What the fuck is that? Get rid was, of that right it was, now. Yeah. <laughs> it was just straight up. Just he was like. Oh, weird. There were checks and balances. Oh, that's weird. I am the check and also the balance. And then and then fucking dictator Airbud slams his paw on the documents and he's a forever leader. They, <laughs> they even say at one point that, what is it, like the Senate was was trying to speak out against him or, do, or the parliament. Yeah. And then he then he banned the parliament. Yeah, yeah so, he was like, close yeah. parliament. It's he's like, like, it's like hey, oh, you I have a problem, elected min- officials? Well, t- too bad. You don't have a job anymore. As prime minister, I don't think we should have a, a, like a parliament anymore. What do you think, president? Hmm, hmm, I agree. Okay, cool. You just want to sign? Oh yeah, weird. And he's just like just signs a document twice, and he's like, oh, there's no parliament. Well, I just shook my own easy, hands. Everybody. How about that? <laughs> so um, the historian goes on to say that people preferred to take orders rather than be independent because it was easier. Um, the citizens wanted him in a way to become emperor because they supported him. He did drive out corrupt politicians and stuff but he he also enforced the law by like any means necessary and that kind of got brutal after a while mm-hmm. uh, he passed the inferior genes law because he thought yeah. humans were the survival of the fittest and wished them prosper for a human race and then we get yeah, and all that he, bullshit. Started, he started getting obsessed with purity and at first it was like you know purity of government purity of politics you know kicking out everyone corrupt but then he was like getting real up on purity of and strength of genes. Yeah. You, think, you think the guy would have dropped a few clues within the years leading up to the election? Just I, mean, I don't know. Yeah. I have a note here that says yeah. he slashed social safety nets and <laughs> euthanized the mentally ill. So. Yeah, they they explained he did a lot of nasty shit. Yeah, he very much got into a pull yourself up by your bootstraps kind of way, but also for just being born. Man, whack. Yeah. Whack. Whack. <laughs> whack. How did no one not see this? Yeah, it's kind, it's, no kind of like, this it's kind of like somebody be shooting the shit when he was first running for office, and he's just he just mentions, like, people with a certain hair color or something. He's like, oh, you mean oh, you mean the genetically unpure? What? Or, yeah, no, he's just talking about, he's like, 
someone's like, wow, man, I'm, I'm amazed. You, uh, even at 40, you run a pretty quick mile. Oh, well, you know, blue eyes, man. I just run fast. It's like, oh, I don't, oh, I don't trust that guy. Why? Is it because is it he's from the other party? Partway that, but also because he has brown hair. I don't know. Ooh, yeah. It's also weird, too, because, like, his slide goes from, at first, like, he wants to, you know, human survival the fittest. Okay. And then he starts slashing safety nets. That's not so good. And then he starts mm-hmm. euthanizing people. Hmm. Is that a red line yet? No. But then he starts talking about shooting people in the streets, you know, no yeah. prosecutions needed. Well, people start Fuck disappearing <laughs> and going to torture sites. Like, it was to the point of during this little History Channel segment, you could just have, like, repeatedly at the end of all of them just said, like, is that good? And it would legit be funny every time. Like, that's how bad every single thing happening was. Yeah, they said uh, like, 4 billion people eventually died because of his politics That's the other stuff. thing. Is like, they, they said 4 billion people died, and they said, but then realistically, that was, like, a percentage of the population of mankind. And people just kind of wrote that off. And I was like, Really? Yeah, this that was a little bit of a. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't know. I don't know about that's a little. That's a little bit of a hand wave. Legend of the Galactic Heroes. I don't know if people would respond to four billion people being killed with just like, oh, you know. But it, you know, in the end, uh, no one's got a lazy eye anymore. That's like it's <laughs> like half of an entire. It's like being the United States and half of an entire state just vanishing. Being like, well, we've got a lot more of that. So, what's the big deal? Well, I mean, like, what state is it? Does anyone care about Rhode Island? Why do we even need a North and South Dakota? Can they just get it together already? (laughs) Okay, so, um, continuing on, uh, he argued for the sake of peace that anything was necessary, and this led to some extreme measures. Um, There were a lot of citizens that were mad, but they didn't feel they could do anything because of fear of getting killed. During this time, he created an aristocracy of a bunch of people who supported them that all happened to have uh, Germanic names and white and Germanic names. Yeah, it's like, oh, so that's how that happened. (laughs) Yeah, he had a friend who died, um, who was assassinated, and in the search for finding the assassins, he ended up killing twenty thousand co-conspirators. Quote. Um, Later on, he himself died at the age of eighty-four and only had four daughters uh, to succeed him. And he had a son with a, or you know, a handicap, and yeah. And that that was the thing was he was he was big big on the whole genetic purity, and it's like, oh, you had an offspring who was, um, hmm, he wasn't perfect. That's strange. Well, it, the, the yeah, guy, the narrator the, dude, says that like at the time he killed a whole bunch of like doctors and nurses to hide the fact that he had had a. He even killed son. the woman that he had the child with. Yeah. So. <laughs> Yeah, so this was a deep-seated issue, yeah. So after he died, the son of the eldest, his eldest daughter, become emperor. Um, a lot of people who were upset at his government rule uh, at the time saw his death as the moment in which to try to have a democratic rebellion. And so several of these happened, but they were all squashed by the emperor. Um, apparently 50, or 500 million people died and 10 billion people were deprived of their citizenship because of this stuff. They were made into serfs, it said, too. Yeah. So <laughs> They just start kind of dunking out numbers here and I don't know if they've like done the math to make sure the numbers <laughs> are reasonable in any facet. But like, the a lot. Many, I think, is the idea. Yeah. And uh, so after this they talk about the the beautiful ice ships. Yeah, so Ale Heineson was one of the citizens deprived of their citizenship and forced work and hard labor. During this time, uh, he with a bunch of friends decided to say, fuck this. Um, they 
worked on an ice asteroid, I guess. We're at the on time. the dry ice planet. Let's yeah. make a spaceship out of dry ice. Yeah, so they slapped a bunch of engines to one of these asteroids and left the Emperor. Yeah. They found the Isselhorn Corridor and they passed through it. Um, the Ale Highness and Dude died during the trip, but they eventually found the planet of Hyneson and they found the Free Planet Alliance with uh, 160,000 citizens. Um, the Free Planet Alliance seemed to have like a resurgence of a golden age since it was, you know, a bunch of people who hated the emperor. They, I guess, did a good job. Since of they creating escaped a good from government. like the genocides and stuff, that tends to help the population yeah, boom a little bit. When yeah. you actually have speech and the idea of what's going on in the government, it's nice. It seemed like, to a certain extent, too, that there was some level of just they lost a little bit of their vision but also i think i think the reason they write it they write it jesus the reason they wrote al heineson is dying on the trip i think was just to make sure there wasn't a question of like well why didn't he become a dictator they just <laughs> removed that from the equation entirely they're like oh shit it also felt like the whole thing with the free planet alliance family felt a lot kind of like the united states has found it how a bunch of people that were under a tyrannic rule decided hey we can do better than this let's set up a good form of government that should be able to last for a while Mm-hmm. So, and on top of that, the the trip took a really long time. Didn't 30, it? 40 years or something, right? Yeah. So um, later on, about 200 years later, the Free Planet Alliance and the Galactic Empire actually re-meet. Because um, I guess the Galactic Empire knew that these people had left, but like really going to do anything about it because they just disappear for 200 years. Uh, when this happened, yeah, they didn't want to go send out like a thirty-year expedition to maybe find the place these people went to. Yeah, like it, it was unreasonable to try and search in this sea of stars. It would never; they never would have found them. Yeah, so the Galactic Empire tried to send the fleet out to subjugate the Free Planet Alliance, but they lost. Um, when the people in the Galactic Empire learned of this, a lot of them fled to the Free Planet Alliance, which took them in. Uh, the narrator says that this changed the composition of the Free Planet Alliance, including some former nobles and criminals joining the ranks and having their own ideas of how the government should be run. Um, and then kind of gloss over the next 200-ish years where there's sometimes battles, sometimes peace, but it's kind of been an uneasy set of peace between the two. Um, it also mm-hmm. notes that Fazan was established during this time. Um, and it was under the Galactic Empire, but independent and did trade between the two because of its position in the corridor it had. And, that the first, and they mentioned that the first, le- yeah, the first leader of Fazan was born on Earth, which is, it's one of those things where it's kind of like, oh, weird, that's a weird little detail they put in. Like, no, it's, yeah, they're just like, hey, Earth cult, there's a reason, here's why. Yeah, there's a reason <laughs> Here's why Earth, Earth cult. cult is on Fazan. Like, here you go. <laughs> here's your reason. So that's pretty much the entire episode. It was all just history flashbacks for Julian, so... Episode yeah, 41. I like the world building. Yeah. I, I like it. The, the series does this several more times throughout it, so mm-hmm. it gives you more, you know, backstory fleshing out. Um, episode 41 starts with the narrator talking about how since Ryan declared war on the Free Planet Alliance, there have been a lot of people enrolling in the Galactic Empire because they see this as cool thing to do, I guess. Um, back on Hynason, Julian and Mishengo are just waiting for orders because they're going to go out to... Uh, Fazan at some point uh, they notice as they're driving to I guess the Galact- or the Free Planet Alliance headquarters or something that there are problems on Hynason it seems that people are waiting in lines for food and rations and all that it doesn't seem to be going so well economically for the Free Planet Alliance back home yeah it's the finally coming to fruition the multiple times where people have stated hey guys we can't keep going all out on war we actually don't have people to work at jobs we don't have money here. We don't have resources here. Like, yeah. 
guys, we can't keep, we're spending like, you know, 80% of our money on war. Please, I, we can't keep buying all Someone these candles. Someone who's good at the economy, help me budget this. <laughs> Please help my family, <laughs> my country is dying. <laughs> I'm spending um, all this money on futuristic cannonballs, help. <laughs> <laughs> we have a scene of Rupert talking to Rubinsky. Um, neither the, they're talking about the finances of the Free Planet Alliance and how they suck. And they're saying that neither the politicians in the Galactic Empire or the Free Planet Alliance are really concerned about this war. They just see it as, well, we're going to war again. Who, who knows? And they don't realize that the economic toll this is taking on their countries. Um, back on Heinesen, Julian finally goes and sees Bukok. He gives him the letter that Yang gave him. Um, the letter pretty much tells Bukok, hey, uh, they're probably going to go through the Fazan Corridor. Um, Julian's talking about how like everybody on Islehorn's getting moved around, like Murkatz and himself are both left the station. Bukok says the Free Planet Alliance fears that Yang may start a private fleet of his own, so they shuffle around his staff a lot. Yeah, which isn't a hard that's not a hard, you know, riddle to solve. That's not it's not a hard nut to crack when they just called him in for an inquisition about whether or not he's gonna be a dictator and yeah. traitor them. Yeah. Um So Yang's letter told Bukok that the Galactic Empire is probably going to go through Fazan. Uh, Bukok says that the FPA has had contingency plans for this studied before, but it's impossible to carry out at this point because of the differences in f- fleet strength. Mm-hmm. Um, he says that if the Galactic Empire passes through Fazan, they will have to rely on it for a staging point, and that if there's any f- resistance on Fazan, it would have to be at the grassroots level to throw them off. But it's probably too late at this point, seeing how uh, they... It, they're too complacent and not understanding like there, there are no free plan aligned assets set up to help a grassroots resistance in Fazan at this point yeah so, it, it's it's too little too late and yeah. also Fazan seems to be pretty on it seems like they're pretty clear that they're getting a little more on board with the Galactic Empire especially like looking economically you can see kind of the way their influence is going also the fact that they brought you the Kaiser that is a little weird it seems like they know it's Fazan, right? Like, they know the people who brought them from Fazan, or did they? Did Fazan hide their involvement with the kidnapping? I, I, can't I remember, think Fazan actually. officially hid their involvement with the kidnapping. However, they okay. did the handover on Fazan, so... Okay, so, kind of, 50-50. Yeah, All right. it's, not, it's not very clear. Um, mm-hmm. Bukok says that it would be bad for the Free Planet Alliance to try to use the Fazani civilians as a shield for them, Um Morally, it's a bad idea. He says that the Fazani people have a spirit of independence, and then being in cahoots with the Empire may rile up some stuff, but it's going to be hard to overcome the Galactic Empire's military might, because there's a lot of it. He does tell Julian that uh, rousing up Fazani independence would be a good idea, though, since he's going there. He could probably, you know, plant some seeds in people's ears about it. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, Bukok also mentions that Yang had a good idea that this was going to happen, but like he can't act properly because he doesn't have the authority to. Uh, Julian blames the system on this, like saying that you know democracy works too slow. But Bukok says it's not necessarily the system's fault, and that democracy is a right to restrict military power and shouldn't wield authority when they're not on the battlefield. He also makes the note that says uh, democracies can't be healthy when the military grows fat and doesn't accept criticism. Uh, which I think is funny. Because then that's where they start collapsing into a military nation inside of a nation, yeah. Yeah. Uh, He has a quote here I wrote down because I thought it was pretty pertinent. It says, The institution of democracy governments isn't wrong. It's the problem is with the system being alienated from the spirit which supports it. So 
it, it's interesting that these militaries want to support the freedoms itself, but they're kind of isolated from from the country and from the people they're trying to help. Yeah, like it's it's just it, it's getting so separated that it's basically two countries working together, except only one of them is like it, it's kind of like. It should be a two-way exchange. I mean, ideally, it should be one. They should just be one Working entirely. Together, yeah, but right but... now, it is a like a two-way exchange between two sub-nations in this nation, and it's not. Yeah, right. I mean, like he was saying, it's right for the military to be independent and separate from the civilian government that controls it. But sometimes those mm-hmm. are at odds with each other, especially as they saw, you know, the politics of the civilian side pulling away the military prowess. You know, for the or inquiry like and whatnot. Trunet just doing dumb shit yeah. all the time. <laughs> just Trunet in general. Yeah. yeah. Back in Fazan, we uh, see Rupert and Rubinsky talking about they know that Julian's coming, that he was part of Yang's inner circle, and so they're kind of concerned about keeping an eye on him. We also have Rupert Mullen again. He wants Rubinsky's power and wants to overthrow him. So Ryan is talking to his generals at one point. He says uh, he's told them at this point that they are planning to go through the Fazan corridor. The uh, generals are kind of shocked about this. And he says, hey, man, it's all cool. We have Baltic here. And they bring him in through the door, and he's kind of just sweating buckets. So good. <laughs> and he's just kind of like, uh-huh. And he's like, yeah, you'll get it, won't you, Baltic? And Baltic's <laughs> just like, yeah, I'll, I'll get yeah, it, good it, door back, guys. Uh, you can trust me. <laughs> trust yeah. the old Baltic. That's they call me back in Fezzen. Rutenthal <laughs> is, says he doesn't trust Fazani and thinks that the danger is quite high and that they could be betrayed. Uh, Bittenfield says mm-hmm. they could just sack Fazan if that happens, because no one gives a shit. <laughs> Ryan is already on board with the... Uh, Fazani invasion because it has the element of surprise. He doesn't think the Free Planet Alliance will be expecting that. So their whole mm-hmm. plan is they're going to do a fake invasion of Isilhorn, get all the Free Planet Alliance ships to go up there, and then just invade via Fazan. They were concerned about whether or not Yang trying to leave Isilhorn to go to Fazan Corridor may be a problem, but they still will just pinch or attack him if that happens. Yeah, they're going to like send a second division to actually sneak around the back from the Fazan side. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I have the note that they named this... Uh, for whatever reason, they call this Operation Ragnarok, and this like immediately sent off the boners of everybody on the vice yeah, really, like they were really got really crazy with that name. Yeah, Ragnarok. Oh shit! Like oh, like the fucking Vikings or whatever. <laughs> Dude, Reinhardt, yeah. let let my, let my fleet take the most casualties. I want to spearhead yeah, this. Bittenfeld immediately says he wants to be in the front because yeah. he's just insane. Yeah. It's like Bittenfeld, just like no, you you are not responsible enough. Bittenfeld, sit down. So <laughs> the reason they got the Fazan people to the reason they got the agreement of being able to go through the Fazani corridor is because I guess there was some tactic uh, agreement between Boltic and I guess Oberstein about him being the leader of Fazan after this all happens. Um, Oberstein is concerned about his talent because the guy's kind of a lying idiot, but Ryan says they can just sack him if he sucks and put someone else in. Mm-hmm. Oberstein also brings up the question of if this invasion goes all to plan and the Free Planet Alliance is conquered, who should rule them in the stead? Because, I mean, it'd be kind of hard for Reinhardt all the way across the galaxy to do the day-to-day operations of the yeah, former territory someone, of the Yeah, you need a representative at the very least. Yeah, you need someone to be your right hand on the other end of the galaxy. Yeah, yeah and so Ryan muses up with the fact that maybe Yang would be a great dictator in, you know absence of him um there's a scene of Rutenthal and Mittenmeyer talking or sorry there was a scene of Rutten, Mittenmeyer and Muller all in the back of the world's widest car talking if they should trust the Fazani people uh Rutenthal was worried about supply lines he's saying if the Fazani corridor was cut off behind them they don't want to have to loot stuff they just get by 
what else do we have? Oh, Reinhardt sees a man, a new guy who's introduced by the name of Hadrick Lang. This guy looks like Gorbachev. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was the old secret police guy back during the gold bomb days. Um, and uh, he is talking with Oberstein because I guess Oberstein is not no longer the dirtiest dude. He wanted an even dirtier dude to do dirtier <laughs> deeds. Yeah, <he> <laughs> Things have gotten too yeah. dirty for the dirty boy. Yeah. Hey, ooh, I need a... I need the rare Dirty Boy Square. <laughs> Machiavelli and Garfield needs a Dirty Boy Square to deal with his business. Yeah, so Lang is unapologetic. too dirty for me. Yeah, Lang is unapologetic of the work he did during the Secret Police days. Like, he just took care of people and took care as in quotes. I love how they end the conversation, not to jump ahead, but they're sort of like, so... Could I just call it something different? Yeah, we got to rebrand the secret police. That's got too much of a of a stigma for some reason. I don't know. Oh yeah, <laughs> they called the domestic safety office. I think. Yeah, it's like <laughs> yeah, oh, that's that what it was, yeah. yeah, that'll work. Mm, yes, basically, it's the same like, old wine and new saying, skin. Yes. Mm. Look, I, I'm not saying they literally just renamed their secret police Homeland Security, <laughs> but they super did. Is exactly what they did. Let's rebrand our secret police. What should we call them? The super, yeah. the super secret police. I like it. <laughs> so uh, yeah, that guy's working for Oberstein now. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a scene of Hildegard talking to Reinhardt. She's saying is there no way that there can be peace throughout the galaxy? Do we have to go and invade? And Reinhardt pretty much straight up says to her face, no. So uh, we go back to Heinesen. Julian and Mashenko are trying to go say goodbye to Murkatz before they leave Heinesen, uh, but he's busy, so they talk with their aide. The aide lets it slip that he's been in talks with the legitimate exile government for a while, and, like, nothing is going well in there. Like, everybody's a shithead. Nothing's getting done. It's all disorganized. The whole legitimate government quote is just bad. Turns out fleeing, it turns out a bunch of nobles, they aren't very good at, you know, mm. negotiating on politics. They're just spoiled and they want things their way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, back on Odin, Ryan is happy that Anna Rose has accepted the guards that uh, he asked Hildegard to give to her. Um, he muses over what a united humanity would look like. He's already kind of counting his chickens before they've hatched, but... He's thinking about how this would be good for the people in the long run for all of humanity to be united under one government without these wars anymore. Um, he also goes ahead and announces the Kaiser's abdication of the throne and throws in that eight-month-old child in charge. And it's funny because like, the narrator during this says, like, this will be the last <laughs> empire ruler. This is not going to happen again. Yeah. Episode 42 starts. Uh, Julian is having a flashback to waking Yang up because he never gets up on time. He has a flashback to talking with Frederica about how she met Yang on Alpha Seal. They're uh, just doing these flashbacks because I guess like he is landing on Fazan and they're just filling up time. Uh, when he does get the Fazan, he meets with the attache of the uh, Free Planet Alliance government there, Gehaze by the name of Voila, who is kind of an idiot. Yeah, the, um, the dude's just pretty much um, just a body in a suit there. Yeah, he's another appointee yeah. of the TrueNet camp. Um, Mishengo and Julian start just walking around in Fazant to see what's going on and everything. And they go shopping and, like, they get the 80s fucking jacket he could possibly buy. It is 80s as hell. Yeah. It is so perfect. Um, he notes that Fazani is very different than Heinesen. It has a strong economy. Everybody seems to be doing well. There's no crime. Everything's clean. It's nice. They're, they're, they're stray animals that are actually kind of fat. That was something else he kind of made note of. It's like, oh, you have strays, and they aren't 
ravenous, frightening creatures. As they're walking around, they notice they're getting tailed by secret police, but they don't really care all that much. Also, girls really like Julian. Yeah, that was weird. Mm. Um, they go to a party. Um, so they go to a party later on with a bunch of high ups and Fazan. Um, Julian is dressed up as a representative of the FPA there. During this, he does what uh, Bukok kind of told him to do and drop the idea of maybe, hey, the Emperor could be going through this corridor, you know, to f- figure out where their Kaiser went. And everybody plays it off as a joke. But Rupert's at the party, kind of trailing him, and he knows it isn't a joke. I really like how he see, how he segues into it because he's talking with all these dudes. And they're like, "Oh, well, yeah, it's great here. What do you think of all of our girls? They're pretty hot, aren't they? Uh, yeah, they're great. Oh, yeah, you can have any girl you want. Yeah, uh, you give me too much credit. Uh, so, <laughs> hey, uh, how, funny idea. What if for some reason the Empire decided to use your corridor just traipse on through? You know, yeah, sheer, the, sheer the happenstance. The conversation was funny. Yeah, he just immediately pivots to that. There was a uh, Fazani, I guess, merchant or something there saying that, like, oh, only merchant ships can come through the corridor. Yeah, military ships are not sense. allowed. And Julian's like, you know, like, Reinhardt has the biggest military in the galaxy. He can just ignore that. And they're like, oh. Yeah, they, in like one of the early episodes, they kind of compared sizes. And it's like, Fezzan has about 2 billion people. Free Planet Alliance has about 13. And the Empire has 25 billion, just to give a scale of popula- populations. Yeah. Um, so Rupert, after seeing Julian talk about this, makes a call to Rabinsky on his car phone or something, says that Yang probably knows everything, um, but Rubinsky doesn't seem all that concerned about that. Rupert drives back to his apartment where we get to see the, uh, what's that guy, Digsby? Yeah, De- yeah, he's letting Digsby crash at his apartment. Like, literally crashed, because this guy is, like, hard addicted to drugs at this point. Yeah, um, that from ha- from what it sa- from what the guy said, it sounded like he snuck drugs into the guy's food initially, and yeah, then got, got him hooked. Yeah, Rupert got him addicted, and now he's just kind of taunting yeah. him as, like, I guess a power play to get control over the Earth Church? I well, don't know what his end game he is. is. Well, he has tapes of, like, this dude doing drugs mm-hmm. and just, like, being fucked up and doing a bunch of, you know, general debauchery. It was just... A very elaborate blackmail where instead of it being something someone just did, it's something he tricked them into doing. Yeah, I, I just yeah. wonder what the end game of it is because, like, he has all these tapes, yeah, but what, like, does he want to exert, like, force through Digsby for doing stuff with the Earth Church? He's, or? He, he's basically expecting Digsby to pretty much be in his pocket and he's like, okay, you want to call mm-hmm. shots? Okay, fine, just don't release those tapes. Yeah. Uh, but, Digsby puts out some lines saying you don't fear God and Rupert's like well the Golden Bomb Dynasty didn't and they did fine yeah he's um, pretty much saying so I want you to go to go to Earth and overthrow your Earth Pope and Digsby's kind of like I can't fucking do that dude <laughs> he's yeah, like that's uh, not gonna happen Rupert offers him yeah the control of Earth Church after he plans on toppling Rubinsky <laughs> and uh, Rupert doesn't piss tape <laughs> yeah <laughs> Your notes here say something of text Yeah, well, that was the blackmail tape, but yeah, it's funny. Episode title. God, I'm not naming the title of this episode okay. Piss Tape. No. I'm going to name it like Dictator Airbutt or something. Like, okay, that's, that's a good one. Thank you. So uh, back, on, uh, back on Odin. Oberstein uh, tells Reinhardt that they've leaked the Izzelhorn plan via Baltic. 
So um, they're going to try to get the Free Planet Alliance to throw all their ships into the Isleform Corridor. They plan on Fazan hating Boltic after his being appointed. So, like, their whole deal is, Reinhardt says that because of the thing that they're doing through the Fazan Corridor, Boltic is going to be the leader of Fazant, but he knows that the civilians are going to hate him. So they're planning on that. So they're going to sack him and throw someone else in after him and have control of that person. So, like, they're already thinking ahead. Um, they go into the strategy of what the Galactic Empire is doing with in terms of the invasion. Uh, Rutenthal is going to Isahorn with the feint. Mittmeyer is going to the Fazani to do the actual push into the territory. Ryan is going to be leading a third fleet into Fazan with uh, Oberstein and Hildegard there alone, because why not have the whole party go? There's a lot of planning at this point. They go talk about all the other vice generals and whether they're yeah, going and what they're I think doing, but it really Mueller doesn't matter. Mueller is recovered from his broken ribs and his boo-boo on his head, and I think... It's either he wanted to or Reinhardt did because he wanted to um, go down the Fezzan, not Fezzan, the uh, the Isserlone route. Sounds like he kind of wants to face off again because of how he got his ass kicked last time. Yeah, Mueller wanted to go back to Isselhorn to get revenge, but Reinhardt said, no, you're going to Fazant because I okay, don't want so to. Okay, so he went the other way. I missed yeah, that. Yeah, okay. no, they purposely say they did that because he didn't want his emotions getting the better of him, mm. which I guess is smart planning. The Free Planet Alliance Defense Council... Uh, people, uh, Bukok, uh, the FBA has like a big uh, meeting of all their higher ups, and in it, Bukok brings up what Yang says that hey, the Galactic Empire may be going down the Fezant corridor. What should we do about this? The Free Planet Alliance uh, civilian government people say that Fezant wouldn't throw away the investments that they made into uh, the Free Planet Alliance. That seems stupid. Why would they burn their own money? Yeah, because they have a huge amount of debt to them right now, yeah. and basically, you know, Bukok just like. Are you sure? <laughs> what if the debt could be guaranteed and all that? No one believes Bukok mm-hmm. um, and the obvious dramatic irony that the show is forcing. Uh, back on Isselhorn, uh, Yang says they need to hide the fleet before they're attacked in order to pincher them between Isselhorn and the fleet. Um, they're trying to figure out how to do this because they know that the Galactic Empire fleet's coming and they don't want to be caught with their pants down. Um it's at this point that the Free Planet Alliance sees that Rutenthal's coming in, and that pretty much is where it ends. Um, Yang isn't yeah. really concerned so much about Isilhorn because he knows that the fortress will be fine, but uh, he's more concerned about Heinison and if the Galactic Empire gets in through the Vazani Corridor, there's nothing really to stop them. Next time we'll be 43 to 40, just a, 40, just a 48? Uh, yes, 43 yeah. to 48. Okay. Yeah, There's and it looks like we're... kind of dry, sorry. No, it's all right. I mean, that, that happens. There was, it was a very political episode. There wasn't a ton of, like, direct action. There was a lot of things being set up, and it looks like we're getting ready for a big old block of yeah, military action. I could guarantee the next couple episodes, at least, are going to have a lot of fights in them, because I remember some of them. Yeah. Bad so things this might happen, be a little bit to shorter. Quote the, to Don't quote the narrator, me. bad things are going to happen. <laughs> yeah, shit's about to get real. It gets even worse. Well, till next time space anime. <laughs> <laughs>